Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. Name, Gotham. Release date, the year 2000. Designer, Tobias Frere Jones. Classification, Geometric Sans Serif. Owned by Hofler & Co. And claim to fame, the typeface that unified Barack Obama's presidential campaign. This typeface has been described as contemporary, yet distinctly familiar. It was inspired by architectural signage from the mid-20th century, and it was the face of Obama's highly successful presidential campaigns that helped unify his message across a variety of platforms and mediums, cohesively connecting communication and a nation. Today's episode is all about Gotham. The Gotham family is large, with 66 versions, ranging from Gotham Condensed Thin to Gotham Ultra, with 64 varying widths, weights, and styles in between. This typeface is characterized by its broad design, high X-height, and wide apertures, which contribute to a high degree of legibility and readability. Although it's a geometric sans-serif typeface, it doesn't look like Futura and has lots of humanist influence. The typeface originated as a commission from GQ magazine. The brief stated that they wanted a geometric sans-serif masculine new and versatile typeface, conveying both a fresh and established sentiment. Gotham's owner, Type Foundry Hofler & Co., describes the face this way. Every designer has admired the no-nonsense lettering of the American vernacular, those letters of paint, plaster, neon, glass, and steel that figure so prominently in the urban landscape. From these humble beginnings came Gotham, a hard-working typeface for the ages. Now, the typeface has strong roots to New York City. Inspiration was drawn from walking around New York City and taking in the classic typography seemingly everywhere. It was one building in particular that directly inspired Gotham, the Port Authority bus terminal signage. Co-designer Tobias Frere Jones has said, I suppose there's a hidden personal agenda in the design to preserve those old pieces of New York that could be wiped out before they're appreciated. Having grown up here, I was always fond of the old New York and its lettering. In fact, type geeks call New York City Gotham City because of its strong roots and connection with what it represents and where it was designed, and not necessarily a connection to Batman. The typeface is even featured at MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. Streaming giant Netflix used the typeface up until 2018 when, in an effort to reduce its font licensing costs, they created their own custom typeface, Netflix Sans. According to thenextweb.com, 
Netflix was paying literally millions of dollars each year to license the typeface at such a large scale. So they created their own, using the talents of an in-house design team at Netflix, in collaboration with Dalton Mag Font Foundry. Netflix's brand design lead, Noah Nathan, explained that creating their own typeface provided an opportunity to add an ownable piece that contributes positively to their brand aesthetic. He also noted that many foundries are moving toward an impression-based licensing model for their typefaces in digital spaces. So this is similar to pay-per-click advertising that the giants of Google and Facebook have pioneered. For example, one of the world's largest font foundries, Linotype, offers digital font licensing packages for 1, 4, or 10 million ad impressions. In the world of big data and trackable click counts, this allows foundries to make a little extra cash when the companies licensing their fonts are presumably making more money, while being able to save companies whose impressions aren't as high a little bit of cash. Now, getting back to the politics of it all, perhaps you already know that typefaces have a personality, but did you know that typefaces also have political leanings? Hmm. In a 2020 article for The Conversation, entitled Typefaces Have Personality and It Can Be Political, describes the ways in which research demonstrates that typefaces do, in fact, influence the way we think about politics and political candidates. Assistant professors of communication from Virginia Tech, Daniel Tamil and Catherine Haitian, conducted a study where they showed a person's name written in a variety of different typefaces. So participants were then asked to rate how conservative or how liberal the typeface or the person likely was. They found that serif faces were rated as more conservative and sans serif more liberal. Now, while these findings aren't revolutionary, right, it makes sense that typefaces that look more traditional align with more traditional viewpoints. What I think is more interesting is that the study found that people rated the typefaces that they liked as being more aligned with their own political ideologies. Typefaces, in conjunction with other design decisions, can be used to help politicians shape how people will perceive an individual and their message. Circling back to our friend Gotham. So Gotham Bold was the typeface of choice for Obama's presidential campaign. Typography and branding was a major part of Obama's campaigns. So Frere Jones had this to say about presidential election campaign branding and design. In the past, campaigns would have one logo and then choose a number of different typefaces to go with the advertisements and the banners and the website. But the Obama campaign put the same discipline into planning its look that would go into a big corporate identity. The campaign looked the same on election day as it did 18 months before at the caucuses. The International Herald Tribune felt that the adoption of the Gotham typeface was smart for its, and I quote, potent, if unspoken combination of contemporary sophistication, a nod to his suits, with nostalgia for America's past and a sense of duty. So who knew that a typeface could say so much? 
A sense of trustworthiness and getting to the point pours out from each letter of Gotham. Imagine if Obama's campaign materials were in, my favorite, Comic Sans or Papyrus or any other typeface for that matter, how would the message have changed? A poorly chosen typeface is a double whammy of a hit. So number one, when the style of the letter forms don't match the message, it distracts from the message. And number two, certain typefaces, especially popular faces that are communally seen as poor choices, like Comic Sans or Papyrus, see viewers questioning the thoughts, actions, and choices of what the text represents. In other words, there are individual stylistic opinions judging a typeface's choice, as well as what a typeface represents at the societal level. There are subtle and unconscious biases that play into our judgments. The typographical layer underneath everything we see and touch all day long that's all around us communicates subtle, subliminal messages that inform our overall thoughts and judgments. After Obama took office, so did Gotham. It worked its way into a variety of projects in the White House, most notably the 2010 United States Census. Gotham is also featured on and used in a variety of other branding projects. Jonathan Hofler of Hofler & Co., the New York type foundry that owns the face, said that when Gotham was chosen as the typeface that was used on the Freedom Towers cornerstone of One World Trade Center, he felt like the typeface had really made it. Now, what's really special is that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's presidential campaign is rooted in two typefaces also designed by Hofler & Co. There is sans serif decimal, so definitely watch the process of designing this typeface. Uh, watch it unfold in the Netflix abstract season two documentary. And then there's also the serif face mercury text. So both of them are Hofler & Co typefaces. There is a sans serif decimal and the serif mercury text. Now, what I will recommend you do right this second is head over to talkpaperscissors.info Find this episode and check out the show notes because there is an incredible PDF document that you can link to, you can check out right within the show notes. And that PDF document details the Biden-Harris brand guidelines, including the usage of typefaces, brand colors, and logos. So the brand colors to me are particularly interesting. So let's go on a little side tangent if you'll, if you'll indulge me. So for example, the brand colors include Joe Navy, Biden Blue, and Climate Green, among others, as well as Jill Biden's palette that includes Jill Navy, Lavender, and Glow Gold. I'm not sure how Joe Navy and Jill Navy are very much different, but we'll go with it. Now, Kamala Harris's palette includes True Red and Union Blue, among others. There is a final Truth Over Lies palette that has the most creatively named colors of all, such as Unity Over Division, which is a bright red, and if you have your Pantone swatch book handy, it's PMS Warm Red C. There's also Truth Over Lies. This is a dark green, PMS 7735C, and Hope Over Fear, which is a gold color, 
PMS 124C. And lastly, science over fiction, a muted mid-range blue PMS 549C. The decimal typeface that is used as part of the Biden-Harris presidential campaign is less than a year old when it was first used, but the visual communications managers for the Biden-Harris campaign felt that it was able to communicate the core message of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Words of action in the campaign were set in decimal small caps. Longer explanations of words of action are set in mercury text. Now, while not to give Trump too much additional airtime, a fitting contrast to Democratic campaign typography is explained in an article entitled The Unkerned Typeface of Trump's Make America Great Again campaign slogan for Medium. And in this article, author Martin Silvertint, he brings to light the perfectly fitting, albeit not actually perfectly fitting, campaign slogan that was the backbone of Trump's presidential campaigns, Make America Great Again. Now, perhaps Trump's lack of proper kerning, focus on the relatively enormous gaps between the I and the C, and the C and the A in America, as well as between the A and the T in great. I think these pay homage to his huge gaps in logic and in morals, in decency, you know, all of that. So for this reason, I think Trump and his bad typography deserve one another. Again, check out the show notes to see exactly what I'm talking about. To finish up this exploration of Gotham, an incredible typographic perfect storm happened in September 2007. Picture this. Soon-to-be President Obama appeared on the cover of GQ magazine. It was the perfect unity, the typeface, the magazine it was designed for, and the soon-to-be 44th President of the United States who would go on to win the presidency, in part because of his great typography. Barack and his team have got great taste. Finally, in a news release on Hofler & Co.'s website from January 20th, 2017, Jonathan Hofler revealed that Hofler & Co.'s long-held relationship with the former first family would continue. He said this, We at Hofler & Co. have had the extraordinary privilege of seeing our typefaces accompany the Obamas on every step of their journey. A typographic chronology appears below, beginning with the moment in 2007 that Congressman Barack Obama announced his campaign for the presidency with the call for change that resonated so powerfully with the American people. It is therefore especially meaningful to me that our typefaces will continue with the Obamas. The Office of Barack and Michelle Obama its website, designed by Blue State Digital and premiering this morning, will be the first organization to use the new H&Co typeface named Ringside, which will launch later this week. Ringside is our most ambitious typeface to date, our largest and most inclusive family ever, reflecting the handiwork of the entire type design team at Hofler & Co. I could not be more proud to see it debut here. And 
If you're really feeling like channeling the 44th president of the United States, you can now buy the Barack Obama hand lettering typeface, which is not an H&Co typeface. It's You can buy it elsewhere. But the font's creator promises a 70% match to Barack Obama's handwriting. Thank you, Mr. Frere Jones, for your important contributions to an incomplete history of type. From the Middle Ages to the Middle East, from Futura to Freight. Thanks for joining us on a journey across the type universe and going where no designer has gone before. Next up, feel the weight of freight.